several months ago, we began a liturgical journey, exploring our relationship with God through Matthew's account of the ministry and teaching of Jesus. In liturgical terms, we called this past year the year of Matthew. And we heard in that great narrative of Matthew, Jesus' call to the first disciples. And we knew in our hearts that we too were being called. And we heard the parables and the teachings of Jesus as he addressed his first followers, the crowds, the religious leaders, and anyone else who listened. And we knew that he was talking to us. And we heard him say that forgiveness was necessary many times over, and that taking care of those who were powerless was part of a new way of life, and that the compassion of the Father was unconditional, and that his followers needed to do the same, and that loving others was not only a good idea, it was the first and the greatest commandment for life. And we understood that somehow these teachings were not just for the people of Judea, but they were for us. They were meant to take root in our corners of the world, our homes, where we live, our places of work, our neighborhoods, our other kinds of faith communities, our cities, and our towns. Our faith has a number of addresses. And these places are the modern-day versions of the gospel vineyards, the wedding banquets, the marketplaces, the temple, and even the sides of the road. These are the places where the gospel is realized, where faith and reality collide. Today, we come once again to the end of our journey with Matthew. And he gives us this familiar and still disturbing account of judgment. Like all the endings that happen during our journey of faith, we are invited to look back, to reflect on the efforts of our discipleship. We are invited to ask if on our journey, our decisions and our convictions that got us this far, whether they were remarkable or simply the stuff of everyday life, if they have been faithful to what the teacher talked about. Were we good students? Where was the Lord in all we did and all we said? Did I just go along with the way things were, or did I make a difference with a word of grace or an act of compassion? Maybe we find ourselves muttering 
Well, if I'd only known, I might have done things differently. But we do know, don't we? We listen, and we listen some more. This is the posture of the ones in the gospel who said rather belatedly, when did I see you and did, or when did I see you and, and didn't? And why didn't somebody tell me it was you all along? Even as we struggle with these thoughts of self-judgment, let us not be without hope or reasons for a fresh commitment as disciples. And so on this feast of Christ the King, we encounter once again our God who is like no other God, as Ezekiel reminded the Israelites. When we look at the world and ask, sometimes with a trace of despair, when will it all, when will it all be made just and right? Who will transform the lives of those who are the least, the lost, and the last? In the words of Martin Luther King. Or as Pope Francis says, who will go to the outskirts, to the peripheries, and take on the smell of the sheep that no one else will tend to? The words of the first reading give us great hope as God proclaims, I myself will look after them, I will rescue them, pasture them, give them rest, seek them out, bind them up, and heal them. All this God will do for us. And then God's Son asks, will we do that for each other? I have never actually been hungry, but I have hungered for love and been nourished by the strength of others who fed me. I have never really been thirsty, but I have wondered if I was doing the right thing, and then others have refreshed my spirit. And I've never been in jail, but I have been imprisoned by grief, and others consoled me and held me tight. And I have never been naked, but others have wrapped me in their arms when I was sick and sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I have been ill, and others have visited me and prayed for my healing and my peace. And in all of those times, I know that those who ministered to me in some mysterious way had a glimpse of Christ and at the same time left a trace of Christ's love behind. And you know that these things have happened to you when you least expected it, but most needed it. And you and I would have been so grateful and would have said so 
But they in turn would have said it's no big deal. And when we have done the same many times over for others, we would say the same thing. When love comes from the heart, without strings or calculation for return, then we know it is grace, and it really does come from God. The judgment of the gospel is not an isolated moment. It haunts us, yes, but it also comforts us when we accept that it is the example of Christ who first ministered to us that becomes the path we need to follow. If God does all this for us through Jesus and through others, is there anything we could not do or anyone we could not love?